Hi, I'm Mark Barbanen. On February 8, 2008, I accepted Mariah's Challenge. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means not just saying no to drinking and driving, but for me personally, it meant saying no to alcohol altogether. I wanted to set a better example for my kids and my grandkids to show them that adults could have fun too without alcohol being involved. But it also means having the courage to look myself in the mirror and make a change. It means being the best person I can possibly be for myself and my family. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Mark Parvinen, and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you can join me and show that you too are Butte Tough. Thank you. Today's episode of the Buttecast is brought to you by Casa Grande Steakhouse. Sure, you know you cannot beat Casa Grande steaks, chicken marcella, and sushi, but did you know how much Butte's finest restaurant gives back to the community? Whether it is providing cooked-to-perfection entrees for the American Legion baseball concession stand or feeding the Butte High Bulldogs during their team meals, Casa Grande's is all about the mining city. Dine in and be treated like family. You can also have Casa Grande's handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Casa Grande's Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Casa Grande's is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Buttecast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Probably the best thing I can tell you about today's podcast guest, Sean Ryan, is that he proposed to his wife, Happy Gilmore style. He tricked her into going to the Empty Butte Civic Center, and then he proposed to her under the spotlight with endless love playing over the speakers. If that doesn't make you like Sean, well, I guess nothing will. I appreciate a good movie line reference anytime, but this one really took it to the next level. As the golf coach at Montana Tech, Sean Ryan has also taken it to the next level. He had the enormous task of filling the shoes of the great Leela Brush as head coach of the Ordigger Golfers after the untimely death of the Big Kahuna in 2019. He continued the Big Kahuna's plan, and then some. Ryan also had to fill the shoes of Lee in directing the Southwest Montana Junior Golf Tour. That tour, which has been a springboard to college golf for so many young golfers, begins June 12th with the Leela Brush Kickoff Classic at the Highland View Golf Course. The tour will feature seven stops before it concludes with the Old Works Championship, on August 7th. Players can sign up by visiting swmjgt.com. If your young golfer isn't playing, then he or she is definitely missing out. I would have killed to play in that tour as a young player. Listen to this podcast as Ryan talks about the tour and his surging Ortiger golf program. Listen as he talks about growing up in Great Falls and playing at the RO Spec Golf Course. Listen to him talk about his love for officiating high school sports. Listen as he talks about the epic proposal at the Civic Center. Again, thank you for the great suggestions for podcast guests. They have all been great ideas, and I really do plan to get to all of them as soon as possible. Also, thank you for supporting our sponsors and telling them thank you for bringing us these fun conversations. Make sure to tell them you heard them on the Buttecast. Also, please make sure to tell your friends about the Buttecast and show those who aren't so technologically savvy how they too can listen in. 
Now, sit back and listen to this fun talk with the highly entertaining Sean Ryan. Well, Coach, uh, what did having a wife and baby do to your golf game? Oh man, it uh, it it threw it for a little bit of a loop. Yeah. Um, all those free Saturdays and evenings, <laughs> and you know, my wife was pretty self sufficient. Um, and then all of a sudden, you have a kid, and things get a little different. Yeah. Your your time is a little bit more limited, but it's been nice. I've been able to kind of set some time aside to actually go practice and play a little bit. Well, you kind of have to. You got the whole golf coach thing going for you, so you can. Yeah. justify your time a lot easier than I could back in you know 20 I'm, years ago. I'm running out of uh, those excuse cards. I got to get more printed <laughs> up. But um, yeah, I know it's been good. And then, you know, try and get them active and involved with it. You know, yeah. not just involved with, with me playing golf, but with the team. You know, that's probably one of the things I'm most thankful for is, you know, you have a young kid and then you surround yourself with, you know, 15 to 20 great young people. We have got built-in babysitters we've got people that want to spend time with piper you know they yeah. could they could give a rip about spending time with me but they want to hang out with piper and so it's been fun bringing bringing able uh being able to bring a you know that's pretty cool yeah bring a four or five month old to practice and have her in a car seat and have people not be worried about it like yeah. oh she's fussing okay somebody else has got her and they're walking her down the range we had that at the with your brother bill and and dj Mm-hmm. at uh, our officials meetings yeah on monday nights you had uh you were you were kind of running the meetings and people passing around the little girl yeah i think she's the youngest member of the butte officials association um <laughs> yeah it, it got busy there you know the monday nights when we would meet but it was it's great and she's such a an easy baby i say yeah. that now and knock on wood but she's just good she's super friendly super fun to be around and very smiley so you know She's one of those where I think we kind of set the precedent early where we said, well, we're going to expose her to a lot of people, a lot of things. And, you know, that's kind of how we grew up and how we wanted her to grow up is not be afraid of of people, not be that stranger danger. You know, she goes goes everywhere with me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you met your wife on Tinder, is that what you told me? I did. I did. Yeah. (laughs) After the the Tinder success story of of Luke Schulte and and Amy, um, I got to text you real quick and be like, hey, well, I... We were actually listening in the in the car, um, driving up to Polson, and uh, we were both like, "Hey, we're a we're a Tinder success story." And yeah, yeah it's apparently you know, um, I'm my wife's biggest regret, but you know, she's still with me. Uh, yeah, that happened probably six seven years ago. Really? Um, yeah, we were. Uh, that's my phone ringing. That is that the office ringtone? That is awesome. That is the office ringtone. Sorry about that. That's um, uh, or uh, it was. Eric Hart, his walk-up song. It's a good walk-up song. Um, yeah. yeah, we know we met on Tinder and then started dating. And she was finishing up school in Bozeman. I was getting my my master's here at Tech. And then, you know, I got very used to the 77.2 miles or whatever yeah. it was to drive from Butte to, to Bozeman and then, you know, go have dinner and do those things. And um, it worked out worked out really well. I mean, we're... Yeah. we're we like each other. She still likes me, so that's, that's all that matters. I just miss the whole dating app thing you know yeah when i when i met my wife if a dating app was the was the wanted ads in the paper yeah pretty (laughs) pretty much it was uh you know and we it's weird because sarah's from great falls as well um really yeah we're about three years apart never knew each other but our families knew each other um Mm -hmm. one of those weird deals where we never crossed paths we didn't know each other um 
but it turns out like her dad and my uncles are really good friends kind of grew well, up crazy. and you know fish and hunt and did all those things together and then um once kind of brought her in, into the family mix it was like oh well i know your you know i know yeah. your dad i know your aunt your uncle um so one of those weird things where i don't know if we ever would have met without yeah the the tinder so i've i've she got me a mug a couple <laughs> years ago on an anniversary that said i'm so glad i swiped right and you know. It is it's swipe right. Yeah, I wasn't right. I wasn't sure if it was swipe right because that, you know, I, Tinder for me was the night owl. Yep, that's yep. where I met my wife. Yeah, we. Uh, I always give my my kids on the team, you know, a bunch of crap too because you know they'll be like, oh, you know, whatever, talking about Tinder. I'm like, yeah, hey, I met Sarah on Tinder, like, yeah. and it worked out pretty well. Yeah. I outkick my coverage with her. So <laughs> yeah, it's it turned in kind of the, the, well, of course, I I basically from listening to. Uh, podcast with uh mark norman yep it turned into like the hookup app yeah but yeah not you know seven eight years ago it wasn't not not for us it was uh you know after a couple months of dating and see each other and she'd come over here for weekends and i'd go over there for weekends begrudgingly because yeah. i didn't want to spend a lot of time in bozeman um yeah. and then uh eventually you know brought her over to meet the family around christmas and did all those things and then uh you know it was really we were really serious um and I'll, I'll make the joke that when I was, when I was 25, I had like a midlife crisis <laughs> and, uh, so I'm only going to make it to 50 folks, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I broke up with her for like four days. Right. Oh, yeah. And those four days, my family didn't talk to me. <laughs> and that was when I realized like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're, you're dumb, yeah. uh, figure it out. And yeah, it's been, it's been awesome ever since. Really? That's, yeah. That's awesome. She still brings it up. So yeah. now was she a happy Gilmore fan? She was, uh, she's not, she's like a, she like watches trash TV. And yeah. so whenever she's watching like Jersey Shore or any of those yeah. things, um, <laughs> her maternity leave when she was, when she just had Piper, it was like, oh, she watched Teen Mom. She watched this, watched that. And I just like come home and the TV's on and I'm like, you're not letting Piper watch this crud. <laughs> like I'm going to grab Piper. Even and, if she's too young to understand, you yeah, can't be doing that. We're going to go into the bedroom and watch draft day, right? Yeah. We're going to watch every Kevin Costner movie we can. And, uh, yeah, it worked out, worked out really You well. like draft day? I do. I think it's, yeah. I think it's one of the best sports yeah. movies out there, but anything with, with Costner is something yeah. I'll, I'll watch. I got to kick out of the gra draft uh, geeks. Cause now I, there's on Twitter, everybody's Mel Kiper Jr. Now, yep. right? Everyone's got their mock draft 17.3. Yep. And, uh, they're laughing because oh he drafted an off ball linebacker and a running back you yeah know? like that was so one of the worst things to do and like come on it's kind of like uh like super bowl super bowl boards right like if yeah. you put enough out there if you you know hopefully you'll you'll get lucky and maybe yeah. get the first couple picks yeah. right but yeah i i think draft day um i think costner's uh f for love of the game is probably like really? that's a chick flick i always it's thought. a chick flick yeah but it's a it's, it's one of those good it's kind of like uh well it's not on the casablanca level casablanca everyone thought Girl, see, girls think it's a, a love story, but guys yep. know it's a war movie. Yep. But uh, so it's it's the greatest date movie of all time. But yeah, but uh, love of the for love of the game is probably up there as far as great date movies because it's a baseball movie and a chick flick at the same time. She likes it for all of that. Yeah. I like it because guess what? He pitches a perfect game in his yeah. last outing ever, and then retires. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and it's a day that he woke up. <laughs> hung over and you know john c Riley's back behind the you know i just think that's so cool and, and cal norton jr yeah he does the like clear the mechanism thing yeah. right where he's like oh clear the mechanism okay yeah. and then you get to that ninth inning and he can't clear the mechanism yeah. and because that's how that's yeah. how sports are right yeah. like 
you can block it out until you can't block it out anymore when you're yeah. having a there's this yeah like golf you can sometimes you're really good at blocking it out for so many holes and then gets gets to the point where you can't yeah and i you know i'm not a clear mechanism guy when i play golf i'm a you know i'm a distract myself right like yeah. i want to tell people good shot i want to say like hey great shot you know see where the game's at see yeah. what the you know are we rolling the dice on this hole things like that um the clear the mechanism oh that's a nice thing like it's a it's a good thought and i'd like yeah. to implement it a little bit in my game where i'm like okay yeah. do you tell the kids that on the team yeah you know i'm like hey come on lock it in <laughs> but i'm also like very much like a distraction coach right like yeah. hey you know hey you you hit two great shots there right like it's all about for for golf especially at the college level is about keeping a clean card um and putting yourself in the in the yeah. right mental space where you're not flustered about a bad shot right yeah. like where do you where do you put yourself right the worst shot you can hit after a bad shot is another bad shot so put yourself in the right position yeah. to score or take double bogey off the table right you can recover from a bogey but you can't can't really reco recover from a double you yeah. know or stringing you know four or five well happy gilmore recovered from the time when he remember he just kept swinging yeah <laughs> which <laughs> he recovered he, from he must have took him about a 13 on that hole right and and recovered from getting hit by a by a volkswagen bug and uh yeah i i don't know it's just a the way I play golf and the way I try and coach golf is very like, you know, not, not supremely hands-on. You don't need another, you know, person in your ear telling you what to do. You know yeah. what, you, what to do, especially at this level, you yeah. know, and we've been really lucky having some great golfers come through the program and more great golfers coming into the program and the amount of work that they put in right here at the yeah. toughest school at the toughest climate on the planet. You know? Yeah, it's not a golf climate. No, it's not, right? Like, we finally, we got back from the conference. It might look like it right now, yeah. but it's, it's we got, really not. We got back from the conference tournament, and it was like the range opened three days later after we got <laughs> after, back. After you competed the no, highest no, level of the conference. Yeah, that's tough, right? Like, you know, um, but I think a lot of that is, is setting the expectation of, like, we have certain challenges um, that we have to face, but if you don't view them as challenges, right? You could yeah. use them as excuses, but we don't want to do that, right? Like the weather gets crummy. I want us to play our best because yeah. let everybody else get frustrated and pissed off about the weather or they're cold or it's windy. Guess what? Everybody's playing. Yeah. You know, when for, for years you would see coaches from time to time, not, not really publicly, but you know, kind of use excuses for like basketball coaches. You can't get the players here at tech because it's an academic school. Yep. You can't get the women to come play here because their women don't like, don't go into math and engineering as much yep. as men do. And, you know, the nursing program's really hard. It takes away your junior year. But when you get coaches, you know, like Carly, I thought embraced it really yeah. well. And, of course, you know, you're not seeing any excuses out of Adam Hyatt. No, Or no. Coach Velichko or, you know, or for that matter, either, or uh, Pat O'Haren. So I think when the coaches who embrace that are the coaches who are more successful. Yeah, and I think that that's top down, right? Like, that's that's a big credit to Matt Steppen and, and the vision he had for us was we're not just going to compete and win in the conference, but we're going to do it with the smartest kids, right? Yeah. So when I'm recruiting kids, I have to find the right academic fit, right? And you do get the kids that are like, hey, I want to I wanna play golf, but I also want to be a mechanical or a petroleum engineer, yeah. or I want to be a nurse, or I want to go into, you know, go to the PT route. Great. We can set you up for that where you graduate with little to no debt. You have a great return on investment once you get done, and you're yeah. going to be really successful. Yeah. Yeah, you sell the school. That's the end game, right? Yeah. Like nobody's nobody's coming here to play professional golf. And if they do, yeah, that that's great. But every person who aspires to be a professional golfer should have a backup plan. Yeah. And if your backup plan is being a environmental engineer, that's a pretty good backup plan. Yeah. 
You have the backup plan of living in a trailer and owning a driving range just doesn't quite cut it, right? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't quite <laughs> like doesn't Roy quite, McAvoy doesn't quite work, right? Is that what like, it was, Roy McAvoy? Yeah, Roy McAvoy, West Texas driving range pro. <laughs> that's another that's another good one. I've I've yet to find that one um, on any of the million streaming services that we have really? to watch. Tin Cup's not on them? Really? It's not on them. And it's like, oh. oh, they want me to pay four bucks, which I spend four dollars on a myriad of dumb things, but. Yeah. Every time we stop at the gas station, yeah, you know, we spend more than four bucks on stuff we don't need. My wife gets mad at me. I'm a gas station shopper, right? Like we're on a road trip. I'm like, oh, let me get some of these, some of these, some of these, and yeah. she's like, we have food at the house, right? Like, of course, we, it's, it's more like twenty four bucks now than a yeah, set of four bucks. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I if I have two hands that are empty <laughs> coming out of a gas station, that's a problem. So. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Now, did the players on the team did? You exposed them to obviously Happy Gilmore. Yep. Did they were they part of the? Because you had the greatest proposal, yeah, that I've ever heard of in town. Yeah, the the endless love uh, proposal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that would have been December twenty first, and I boy I can't remember the year. Um, probably twenty nineteen. You better um, remember the twenty nineteen. Um, that was a that was an idea that came about with. Sit and play in cribbage with Bill Melvin and some of the some of the Bill KC Melvin guys. gets some credit with that. Oh yeah, um, Bill. Oh, Bill was he was the, <laughs> one of the most important him. He's such um, a romantic old Bill I, Melvin. I called John Wick because I needed a photographer. Um, and the the whole premise was it was around basketball season. And I convinced yeah. Sarah to come over for the weekend. I said, well, hey, I got to ref this, you know, freshman game at eleven o'clock at the Civic Center. I said, and then we'll go out and we'll we'll do some fun stuff. We'll do the Christmas stroll or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, then, you know, we walk into the Civic Center and it's empty and uh, <laughs> the the lights are on. And as soon as like we hit the hit the main floor, there's nobody there. Yeah. The lights go out and Sarah's looking at me like, what did, did they forget they had a game? And I like then she sees the spotlight, walked out to half court. And uh, <laughs> I still will tell people that was probably the best call I ever made on the floor at the Civic yeah. Center. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. And then the lights came up and it was. It was one of those where it was it was so cool. It was so worth the reaction. And then when COVID hit, we got married the day before St. Patrick's Day at yeah. the courthouse. Right when right when everything was, was shutting down. Yeah. Like I tell people, I was trying to get my license place renewed um, <laughs> and walked into the wrong office. But we <laughs> went in there at like you know three o'clock on a on I think it was maybe a Tuesday and yeah. said, hey, we're gonna get married today. Like. Health insurance, all those things that were yeah, yeah, more things playing the, now a concern, the, right? Into like, a decisions, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jim Kilmer married us. He goes, "Do you have a witness?" I said, "No, you? I don't know. Like <laughs> we're just here, you know." Yeah. And it was awesome. It was uh, if I had to do a wedding over again, that's how I would do it, really? right? And it was well, you had the great proposal, so yeah. Well, you and, don't and need it's a an, storybook wedding, right? It's an awesome story, right? Like yeah. instead of throwing a party for a bunch of other people, like we got to do our wedding the yeah. way we wanted to. Now, did, did she, was she a happy Gilmore into that? Did she get what you were doing or was she just about the proposal? Did she understand the whole She got it after, of it? Yeah. after when I was like, well, see, like, here's so then, this then picture, you her the movie. here's this picture. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, God, you're a dork. And I was like, well. You... Lots of people listen to my Endless yeah. Love in the Dark. Lots of friends listen yeah. to Endless Love I'm, in the Dark. I'm, I'm a dork, but guess what? Now you're, now you're engaged yeah, to me. Yeah, but at least you're, it wasn't a battle Star Galactic reference. No, you know, no. It was... <laughs> Star Trek. It was. It was, it was Happy a, Gilmore. It was a good one, right? Like it was yeah. memorable, and it's fun because you know, anytime there's something in the Civic Center, it's like, oh, hey, I remember that, and yeah. kind of a cool, 
I mean, I think we're probably the only people to ever get engaged at the Civic yeah. Center. Yeah, there's probably not a lot. Minus all the concerts. And I don't know if those people had a ring in their pocket when they were, you know, down in front at a, at a concert. Well, but I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, worked out worked out really well. And what a great movie. I remember the first time we watched that, I was, I think I was supposed to be studying for a final at UM. Mm-hmm. And we watched that. Oh, I will quickly watch a movie you know that'll study we watched that and we rerounded and watched it again with the with a couple of uh, budweiser's the second time my my brother exposed me to happy gilmore he bill's about 15 years older than i am they had a house they lived in in great falls him and a, a couple roommate really good friends kind of like older brothers to me and yeah. my parents would drop me off and hang out with my brother for the weekend or a night or whatever but they had the old vhs player and the happy gilmore was the movie that was stuck in it so <laughs> they couldn't get it out so they just kept rewinding it was happy gilmore played on that vcr yeah, great movie re- great soundtrack on repeat for about four years so yeah. yeah that was the that was the movie we watched and hung out and <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome you guys watch a lot of movies in the bus and, and going around because you got um, a lot of long bus rides right not really you know we travel with uh suburbans and stuff and the kids no, will, really. yeah you know it, what's nice is you really not, get all those guys with a couple suburbans yeah we take a couple suburbans and that would it just makes travel easier yeah. um and a little more cost effective um we also have the uh, opportunity to like okay we're gonna we're gonna take a detour well, when you have the one of the white fleets is that what that yeah yeah we uh so what I enjoy most about like when we travel as a team is like that's our time to just be around each other and yeah. tell funny stories and they just pick on each other and everybody laughs and sooner or later they they all crash and take a nap and <laughs> yeah it's it's just fun. Did y'all uh, Sean was he the Ramsbacker was Rams? Yep, Ramswalker. Ramsbacker. I can have one. Make sure was he dishing it out or was he always the one taking it? Oh, he's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the nice thing is like I can poke fun at myself, and um, but they, you know, after we get done with the tournament, it's telling the stories of like, oh man, what did I do on this hole? Yeah. Like, oh, this is, you can't believe it. I made, you know, I made the world's dumbest bogey, or I hit it out of the weeds to four feet. And yeah. Those are those are fun, right? And then tell stories about you know the kids they're playing against, and um, we're a really we're a really dynamic team, right? So. Yeah. Um, they like to flip each other shit and it's really fun for, <laughs> it's fun to be around and, you know, build that culture where they all are playing for the, the same team, the same purpose to try and win tournaments, but also very, um, complimentary of each other's success. You yeah. know, they want to beat the guy on their team, but they also want to help their team beat other teams. Yeah. And that's not always easy to get, you know, no. I remember even playing at Butte High, we got along great, but I know there was guys who if you shot a 72 they were kind of mad because they shot a 78 and they wanted to beat you yeah and you know uh we were great about it but you could just tell it wasn't you know they weren't all 100 percent in your on your corner you know yeah it's it's kind of a culture thing right like you have yeah. to build that culture and, and the because it's an individual game in it's, a team sport which is kind of a different dynamic yeah it's the weirdest individual sport that's also a team sport um yeah. you know celebrating each other's successes and cheering each other on and and having good veteran leaders like like jace rhodes matt hobbs um rams when when he was playing to be able to be like hey man like we need you right like you can't yeah. be pissed that you're four over go get it you know yeah. and and that's good because it, it builds that team camaraderie the the unity and then they're able to you know build each other up and be successful and you know it's all yeah. all for one so yeah and your role as a coach you get to go around and talk to the players and follow certain guys 
or, yeah. or, 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 or gals, do you, uh, is that what you just, you just try to remind them to, to think positively? How do you handle that? Cause I don't know if, uh, I've never been really good at talking to somebody when they're golfing, you know, having a you know good player and they kind of struggle, you know, yeah. you, just kind of, you joke about it, but you don't, I've never been good at giving advice of saying how to stay focused without them just turning around wanting to punch me. It's, it's weird. It's, it's very much kind of like when that, that pitcher's pitching a perfect game and playing yeah. a great round, you're, you're trying to talk to them about other things, right? Like, Hey, yeah. how are you doing? Like, Hey, do you need, need something to drink? Need a snack? Do you, you know, what do you, Oh, how'd you, how'd you do on those last four? When I know exactly how they did yeah. on the last couple holes, um, the yeah. live scoring is really beneficial for me. I know a lot of coaches don't look at it, but I use it as a tool, right? Like, Oh, somebody yeah. just made a double. I'm going to go try and find them, right? Like I'm going to get to them yeah. before they get to that next. Yeah, Cause box. you got the app. You can see what they're shooting. Yeah. And then time. just be like, Hey, what, what happened? Oh, I just got in a bad spot. Okay, good. Well, where are you, where are you thinking here? Right? Like, Oh, bunkers on the left. Yeah. You just hit your tee shot to the right of those hit a green get rolling right yeah. like it's it's very much that managing of emotions and expectations right like yeah you had one bad hole that's great like as long as you don't have 18 bad holes i think you're gonna be okay yeah so um and then it's it's a lot about just making sure that they're steven staying even keel right and staying locked in and engaged because the 36 hole days are they're long and they're brutal and yeah. they're I don't people understand that carrying your golf clubs and walking 36 holes is a long it's a tiring day and it's honestly it's more mentally tiring and, and it's like eight hours yeah right? it's it's eight nine hours and you're you know the worst thing that happens you bogey your first hole and then you go oh man i got 35 more of these to go <laughs> you know and uh it's just setting it like hey play it hole by hole shot by shot where do you yeah. need to be um because you can start thinking too far forward and that's yeah, when that's it, when you're doomed yeah it, it goes yeah. to hell immediately you know yeah. so yeah i used to do that when i think man if i could just you know play these last four holes even i'll shoot this and then yep you never play those last four holes even after you think that yeah we never try and be concerned about the number right being be concerned about yeah. this shot right now right like yeah. where can you put yourself in the best pos position to succeed but also to not get in trouble right yeah. like i my game is adapted where i'm just a defensive golfer now like you know mm. as much fun as it is to fire at pins when it's going i know that when it's not I still want to be 15 feet away putting for birdie, yeah. you know, not taking on a. So a, you're, you're uh, Don Johnson from Tim Cup. I am. Instead I of am. Uh, Kevin Costner. I am. I'm the, you know. <laughs> nice par. Uh, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> um, but, you know, that just comes from the idea of like, I like to try and keep a clean card. I want to hit as many greens as possible. I want to yeah. stay out of trouble. And um, I think I it's kind of an old man game. And I think I had that old man game when I played here. Did you? you know, like I, I'm still barely hanging on to like the career birdies list really? um every time every time we sign a new kid i'm like great now i'm like 14th there's only 15 spots right how like, many birdies did you have i think i only had like 50 or 60 yeah. in my career but i also like i'd go stretches of making seven seven eight pars in a row and yeah. you know but i was i was not as good a golfer in college as i think i was when i got done really like and i think it, a lot of it was like just not understanding how to put yourself in that correct frame really? of mind right like yeah mentally you just need to be out there and play your game and um it all it all works out in the wash yeah. let's hear it for this week's lescovar honda athletes of the week butte minor super senior kinley leary and butte central junior ella mudry leary receives the boys award after showing off his mvp form to lead the minors to a 3-0 record at the season opening memorial day tournament at three legend stadium the MVP of last year's Class A State and Northwest Class A Regional Tournaments, 
Leary went 5-for-7 with a pair of triples and three walks in three games. He also pitched the distance in a five-inning win, striking out seven, walking one, and surrendering just two hits. Moudry earns the girls' honor after winning her second Class A state javelin title in three years. Moudry matched her personal best mark of 138 feet 8 inches to regain her crown during the Class A state meet in Laurel. Her winning toss beat 2022 champion Deja Fike of Laurel by 2 feet 7 inches. Moudry also won the event as a freshman before placing second as a sophomore. Congratulations, Kinley and Emma, and thank you, Lescovar Honda, for recognizing the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescovar Honda. It's that time of the year again where we want to say thank you for all your support and the votes in the Montana Standards Best of Butte and Beyond. You voted us the best new car dealership, the best used car dealership, best auto body repair, best place to get your oil changed, the best car salesman, and the best customer service. So June 9th is our customer appreciation day. Stop on down and see us and enjoy lunch on us here at Lascavar Honda. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party? Or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an Old Fashioned or a Pink Mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or two for five seltzers or well mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miners Hotel where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial five. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, high school athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the mining city. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. This message is brought to you by Anno Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Butte cast? Well, folks, money talks. Anno Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email LLC at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the ButteCast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away 
and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. You grew up playing at Spec, didn't you? I did. It's not called RO Spec. No, the old RO Spec. It's still called Spec by the Great Falls locals, but um, it's Eagle Falls. Um, I grew up playing there, Anaconda Hills. Um, First golf was really at at the old Emerald Greens, the Hickory Swing, when I was just young. Yeah. Get dropped off on a Tuesday and play 36 holes and get picked up at 4 o'clock. But yeah, grew up at Eagle. um, Worked there. You know, it was my first job. I was a range picker and did all that fun stuff. And those were really important years for me because I got in with groups of guys that just kind of like fostered my love of the game. Um, My dad's a an okay golfer, right? He's like 20 some handicap can yeah. get down to like 16, but, um, I was able to play with some older guys like a, like a Hans Ferris or a Steve Whistler, um, Steve McAlpin. Um, those guys teed off at seven Oh seven every morning, you know, right. rain, sleet, shine, whatever. Um, I go play with those guys. Right. And then I get done at, you know, we played quick. We got down to like 10 30. Yeah. I'd clock in for work at noon and shut the course down, go hit some range balls after everybody else left the course and then do it all over again. And that was the world's best way to spend a summer. And then as I got older, invited in to play with uh, another group that played, you know, Saturday, Sundays and in the evenings and stuff. And those guys, those are my Great Falls guys. Like I try and see them, you know, a couple times every year yeah. and go up and play. And that was when I really learned, like, this is awesome. This is the group of people that I want to be around. And so we were just up in Polson a couple of weeks ago for the Lake City Open and they were all playing. We were... I was down here for graduation Saturday morning, and then we buzzed up Saturday afternoon, and uh, um, it was just it was awesome to see those guys, right? Like they're they're all mid fifties, sixties, but they they took care of me. Like they were the ones that were there when I was starting shooting good rounds, and they'd flip me a lot of shit and put the pressure on. Yeah, and, you know, hey, if you miss this, you owe me this much, and that was a a great way to get used to competitive golf. Yeah, did you ever know Gene Cook up there? I did, know? I did. Yeah, Gene was awesome. Um, Gene was one of those guys that, uh, you know, a legend. Yeah, right? he, he's uh, – Great Falls is uh, Ed Zimlak. He is. And he is. To, at the time, they were probably two best golfers in the state. And as I got older, I got to play a couple of pro-ams with Gene, which was awesome. Like, yeah. you know, you're you're on a pro-am team with a guy who's won this many tournaments, right, and probably yeah. one of the most accomplished golfers ever in the state and yeah. a Hall of Famer. And that was really cool because you get to pick his brain and, you know, like, hey, was what Was he about? still pretty good? Still really pretty solid, yeah. you know. Um, his eyesight had started to dwindle a little bit, so I spent most of my round like, ah, oh, Gene, you're in the fairway again. Oh, good, okay. Like, <laughs> not easy to find news ball. Yeah, right? right? Like, we're not really looking. We're just <laughs> like, ah, oh, Gene, you're, you're right fairway. Right the middle again. Yeah. You're right fairway this time. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have played golf with him. I, I never played with uh, Ed Zimlack, but I walked around with him a little bit when he was playing yeah. tournament at the Muni. And, so, and I got to know him. And you'll never need, meet a nicer guy than what Ed Zimlack was. That's kind of the the neat thing about golf is like when you get the chance to play with people like that, you realize that they're not just like this mythical figure. Yeah. They're just a a person who loves the game. They've got other stuff that they yeah. have to do. And they do golf because they love it. Yeah, you know, and it it all it all kind of comes full yeah. circle, right? Because yeah. now I'm at that point where I'm like, oh, it's more important to be there at bath time. It's more important to do these things. Yeah. But I'm also, I'm going to go find a 45 minutes on my way home to, you know, hang out with Piper or grab her and bring her to the range. Yeah. And she can sit there and take two range balls and play with them. And yeah. I'll hit the rest of the bucket, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say working at the golf course, like helped bring out your love of the golf game. Yeah. I grew up at the Muni, you know, in Butte. Yep. And then I got on as the, Jack Crowley hired, hired me as a course marshal when I turned 18. Yep. And being at the Muni, I, 
I, of course, I had terrible work. I, I I think at first it was like 10 to 6, and then it was 9 to 5. But in the summer, and I had Tuesday and Thursday off because those were league days. Yep. And the last thing I wanted to do when I had a day off was go golf, and I figured it was like a mailman yep. going for a walk. I yep. just wanted to get the heck away from the golf course. Yeah. I was I was lucky enough where I could work it into my schedule where I could go yeah. play yeah, going to work at noon was a way better schedule. Yeah, go play those rounds or, you know, occasionally you'd be an opener and you'd be there early in the morning. And then I'd have a group that, you know, we had a text chain of, you know, 10, 15 guys. And I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm off at, <laughs> I'm off at three, three thirty times booked. Yeah. I need four more players. And, and that was, you know, it really, it was awesome because I got to meet so many fantastic people yeah. and they're still friends to this day, right? Like... I just, yeah. I loved it. That was probably the best thing about the golf course for me is that it helped me just be able to go up and talk to anybody. Yep. You know, so uh, as my daughter asked me, how can you, because she's shy, she doesn't want to, how do you just go talk to people? And it's just it's something it's, I do, I don't know. But it, the golf course definitely brought that out of me. Yeah, well, and, and when you play golf with somebody, you get to see them at their best and at their worst, right? Yeah. And and a lot of the time right in the middle, but it's how you react to those things. So when I play golf, like I'll hit a bad shot and I don't, yeah. Don't throw a club. I don't, you know, get pissed um, <laughs> because I don't want people to think that that's how I am outside yeah. of golf, right? Like, it's yeah. a pretty good reflection of, of who you are as a person. And, you know, when I play golf, I play golf. I'm out there to have fun. And if yeah. having fun means I shoot 68, great. If having fun means I shoot 78, great. Mm. I'm still going to have a good time doing yeah. it, right? Like, a couple of years ago in the State Am, I was playing with actually with Jack um, Priggy and Joe McGreevy in the, yeah. like the f- last round of state am and I get the shanks, like they are there, right? It's you put awful. the visor on backwards. Yeah. All behind the, the, all the change in my left pocket. And I like tied my <laughs> shoelace and, but we're on like 16 at Canyon river and I hit my first one and I'm playing like a pretty decent round. We're on 16 at Canyon river and I hit my first one and it just says like the click, click into the pond. And I like turn around and I give everybody the look and uh, they're all like, everybody's quiet, like awkward yeah. quiet. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll be back. So I go back and I grab a sleeve of golf balls, right? I grab three golf balls. Yeah. I bring them up with me and they're like, why'd you bring three? I'm like, because I'm not walking back to the cart in case of this, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to exercise the demon here. Yeah. And so I hit my next one, same thing, like just a junkie swing, click, click, shank it into the pond, hit my next one, clank, clank, shank it into the pond. Finally put my fourth ball on the green, yeah. two putt, you know, get out of it. And I'm really like, boy, you really, I think I made like a nine. They're like, <laughs> they're like boy, you're pretty mellow for a nine i was like yeah. well if i'm if i'm gonna get frustrated about a bad couple swings well then yeah then i don't need to be playing in this and you know i end up playing a pretty good round there go man without the nine that would have been pretty pretty <laughs> solid i said yeah well you know not a lot of people take nines yeah. on par threes but yeah. i could never get past that like one bad hole would just ruin my whole day and then i probably ruined the round for all everybody playing with me yeah it's it's hard right like it's one of those things where it it, it affects you it you know if you let it affect you, it can kind of just snowball, right? Yeah. And, but it's, it's understanding that, hey, it's one bad swing. Yeah. Guess what? I got plenty more of those in my yeah. lifetime. You know, just yeah. depends when they want to show up. Yeah. Now, did you think when you came to Tech, what was it, around 2012? 2012. You graduated high school 2012? Graduated. Great Falls Central, right? Great Falls Central kid, Joe McClaffrey. I had a nice resume for uh, for your golf career yeah. at Great Falls Central. Yeah, well, one of the few, the proud, the Catholic. Um, <laughs> I graduated like 17 kids. Um, Joe McClaffrey actually recruited me. And, really? Uh, Joe yeah, did? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother working up here at Tech. Well, he, well the Kahuna wasn't coaching yet. Though, Kahuna right? wasn't coaching yet, no. Yeah. It was uh, Mike Hitchcock, yeah. and Joe was like, hey, this kid's a, you know, I was thinking about coming here for football. 
Um, thank God that didn't happen. Because um, <laughs> my dad had a conversation with me, like, hey, stupid. And I said, yeah, dad. And he said, uh, do you want to hit range balls? Or do you want to get hit? And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a pretty good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I came here to play golf and, and played as a freshman through a senior. And, you know, it was a it was awesome. It was the best decision yeah. I ever made, you know. And, um, yeah, good old. And solid career. Yeah, I mean, East. I mean, was, you weren't Sean Benson, but you were no, better was, than most. I was yeah. the other. I was the other Sean, um, <laughs> as they referred to me. Yeah. Um, and then Rams came in, and it was like, "What's your first name again?" Like, yeah, there was a lot of Shans up here. There was a lot time. of Shans. It's yeah. a good name. Um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, and all spelled the same, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, spelled the right way. Yeah, keep it short in case they're stupid. That's my dad's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My dad's opinion on that. But <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, you know, it was a good career. I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, it's crazy to think that in the fall of you know. 2012, I came here and never left. You know, yeah. I tell people I'm Montana Tech's least successful graduate. You know, I <laughs> graduated from here twice and never left. You know, yeah, still here. And then, uh, of course, one of my the favorite things you did was it was a 2018 when you did the golf every golf yeah. course in the state. Yeah, 2018. I'm still getting a lot of heat because I need to finish the book. But um, yeah, 2018. I started, um, I believe, May 9th and ended up August 3rd. Um, but I played every golf course in Montana. And you minus, walked them all too, right? Yeah, minus one. That was 40 pounds ago. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I started in Great Falls. Um, it was actually in, in memory of my friend. And uh, he got pancreatic cancer, died super quick, always wanted to go on a golf trip. Yeah. And we just never... How old was he? Um, Jay was probably about 55. Okay. Yeah. I mean, really young, like yeah, way too young. Way too young. You know, and it just retired. and Seems was, younger to me every day. Yeah, yeah. He, he was looking forward to it, and he was just the life of everything, right? Like he rough basketball. He's just a just a good time. And uh, What was his name? Jay Bomberger. Okay. Um, he uh, actually quarterbacked a state championship team for Great Falls High and then ended up going to University of Montana and then North Dakota. Huh. Um, and he was just a... It was just a great, great dude. And so he passed away and it was like, well, I got to, we need to go on this final golf trip. So I put his obituary in my golf bag and started off on this crazy trek around the state and couch surfed and stayed with people and met new friends. And I'm really lucky because I've got somebody that, you know, my And there's the office. That's a great top. That's a great ringtone. Well, you would think someone would just silence their phone at this point, but. Yeah. um, Yeah. It usually takes me three or four times. I don't often get that many potential spam phone calls, but um, <laughs> no. And then I, I took off on the trip, and it was it was awesome, right? Like it took me to Northeast Montana, where I, you know, shot trap at the Plentywood Trap Club, and um, <laughs> just a little bit of everywhere. I got to play all the like super signature, very private courses through yeah. luck and knowing people and knowing how to talk my way onto a golf course, and um, it was a it was really cool. It was a cathartic experience, and. But it was the chance to go out and meet people and just say, like, yeah. man, you got one chance in your life to do something like this. Yeah. And you had the girlfriend then. Yeah, I had the girlfriend. So so she must have been very understanding as well. She was very understanding. She was like, you're doing what? And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'll be in Bozeman for about five days. You know, yeah. like. There's a few courses I'll over swing, there. Yeah. yeah, I'll swing through. Like, kind of got a place to stay, yeah. hopefully. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was the coolest summer of my life. And, you know, I've got scorecards from every golf course in the state. And How many courses is that? So there's 116 in the state of Montana, um, yeah. and I've played 115 of them. Which one did you play? Um, Crystal Lakes up by Eureka. Oh. It's in the town. Of, it's just outside Fortine. Um, but a guy owns it, um, and he's elderly. He's super successful, but it's only for his friends and family. And really? when yeah. I tried to talk my way on, you know, letters and phone calls yeah, and whatever and never worked finally out. got there and was like able to walk on the golf course and uh 
they were like, oh, no, sorry, it's only for friends and family. I said, well, have you thought about adoption? And <laughs> it was like went right over their head. And I was like, oh, no, okay, well, cool. And it 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 tells a little bit of like the, the true story, right, where you're never actually done, right? You can try and yeah. do one of these things, but you're never really done, you know, yeah. there's... Um, well, it makes the story better, probably. In makes a lot the of ways. story better, right? Like it's you're still in constant pursuit of something that may be unattainable, but might be might be possible 10, 15 years down the road. And yeah, yeah, it was by far the coolest summer of my life. Yeah, and how many holes was it? Um, it was like fifteen hundred and eighty something. Yeah, and you were four what four something over par? It's like four hundred. Twenty six or four hundred sixty over par, which I didn't feel was that bad. I didn't hit a range ball the whole trip too, because yeah. that was like I don't know why I came up with that crazy idea, but I was like, well, I've only got so many swings in me. That... Yeah, you, well, your hands can only take so much. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then deciding to walk it too, like it was, you know, almost it was almost it was over a thousand miles, I think, walking. Yeah, some of those um, courses are long too. Super long, um, like old works. Old that's works. A, that's a moonlight to walk. Moonlight Basin was the craziest really? thing ever right like they're like you're walking i'm like yeah they're like okay yeah. they buffalo kept... hill's a tough one to walk yeah around. they kept sending uh kids in carts out to come check on me like are you okay i'm like i'm <laughs> fine like you're good like way too young for that i'm right? fine man like you know if i get cold i'll just lay under this tree and hope bear eats me but yeah. uh you're probably playing a lot of bad weather too right a lot of bad weather yeah there were quite a few days where it was just like socked in and if the course was open i'd go play it and sometimes that meant the people i was playing with because i tried to play with somebody local everywhere i went yeah sometimes they'd be like <laughs> no sorry this isn't happening today um but i got snowed on i mean at least a half dozen times you yeah. know thunderstorms and playing the last hole really really quickly and running down the <laughs> 18th with my bag you know like but like, it was like the priest in, in uh yeah yeah in caddyshack yeah it was it but it was it was tremendous like it's one of those things where i still can't quite believe that i did it like what a crazy idea and yeah the fact that it worked and the score is actually really good when you think about it for you yeah know, way closer to a scratch golfer than a bogey golfer well and when you're you know i i used to claim i was like i have the world's best traveling handicap right like yeah i logged all those scores and it bumped me up to like a three something i'm like well yeah but you and you play your own course every day and you know yeah. where to hit it there were so many times where i'm yeah asking people I'm like so where do I hit this like what they're like oh you just hit a hit a four iron I'm like okay your four iron or my four iron right like <laughs> where where is the trouble you know yeah. and it was it was awesome it was the coolest experience ever I got to play courses like the Yellowstone Club Moonlight Spanish Peaks um I played Iron Horse um Rock Creek that was a walk that was quite a walk Stock Farm you know, I even got to play the course down by Emigrant, um, uh, just north of Gardner that um, Arthur Blank owns. The oh really? Yeah, yeah. Mountain Sky no Guest Ranch, the Rising Atlanta Sun. Falcons, is, yeah, yeah. It was cool, and I mean, I think I'm one of the only people to ever, one of the first people to play the back nine because they had just laid some sod back there trying to put in tee boxes and stuff. Oh really? And yeah, it was it was awesome. What was your favorite course? You know, that's a hard one. I try to break them down into categories. Um, Favorite? This is where Sean, or, uh, Josh Walsh is you screaming, you know. Yeah, no, the BCC's <laughs> legendary. And I actually played really good at the BCC that day, which was awesome. I think that's my favorite course to, like, just go play. Yeah, um, I love that course. But, you know, like, there's some awesome diamonds in the rough out there, right? Like, Malta, Marion Hills Golf Club is, like, really? such a great nine-hole course, right? Miles City, the Town & Country Club, is fantastic. Um, Scobie, Scobie's a pretty really? awesome nine-hole course. Um, and then as you make your way through, too, like, 
there were so many times that I met people and I played courses and the course was great, but the companionship was even better. Like, yeah. it's just the fact that like, Hey, you know, I, all right. And it wasn't, Oh, we're done playing golf. See you later. It's like, Oh, Hey, well, have you had dinner? Or, you know, we got to go show you this. And it was, yeah. it was awesome. I got a little history yeah. of every town. That's the best way to meet somebody's on the golf course. Yeah. Went and found where to have a burger and a beer in every joint. Like it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then you come back and that was 18. Yeah. And then, uh, your assistant, your, you were assistant yeah. with the tech program at that point, right? Yeah. Kind of volunteer assistant for, for Lee, um, helping him out whenever I could. And, um, then in that February, that's when, when Lee passed and got a phone call and it was like, what? Like, um, talk about the world's biggest shoes to fill. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like you just, I mean, you, there's, that's a guy you, you just can't replace. No. And you, kahuna. you can't pretend to try and yeah. replace him you know like lee did a lot of great things for me in my life and really like we had a, a good bond and he was just a great dude and um you know he had the program heading in the right direction and then you know i, I jumped in as the interim head coach in that spring while i was trying to finish my master's and get ready to present and i remember <laughs> i'm writing like page 78 of my you know thesis yeah um on the airplane going to conference and um it was it was wild it was crazy and it kind of just charted out a life plan of like okay well this is what we're gonna do and yeah you never know when those opportunities are gonna pop up and um just hope i do a good job and continue to do yeah. what what the lebo would want there's always fun in motion at the big red barn old-fashioned service that's what sets us apart where you can win and laugh out loud the hokey pokey is what it's all about. Where neighborhood people have good old-fashioned fun. There's always something here for everyone. Everybody knows the place to go. Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar. 5518 Designs is your Montana lifestyle apparel headquarters in Uptown Butte. We're gearing up to launch all of our brand new designs for the summer. All our designs are created in-house actually in the cabin that we have in the back of the store, and they're meant to get you psyched about all your summer adventures. Whether it's biking, hiking, floating, festivaling, or just chilling lakeside, we've got the tees, hats, hoodies, and gifts that everyone is sure to love. And we haven't even mentioned our unique line of Butte gear, but we'll save that for another commercial. In the meantime, stop into 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte and shop online at shop5518.com. Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action and a full menu of cooked to perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. 
You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save 5 cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. And Lee was the first uh, coach that was like a real coach. I mean, yeah. with, you know, like Tim Cobert, great guy, and yep. did a good job. And same with uh, Mike Hitchcock, you know, yeah. one of the all-time great guys, did a, oh, did yeah. a good job. But Lee actively recruited, went out, sought to win, brought some guys here that yeah, you wouldn't he, think he would get, you know. He got some institutional support, right? Was he able yeah. to, like, actually speak to the cause and say, hey, we need, we need scholarships. Yeah. We need assistance. We need to be able to go do this because this is what I envision. And, you know, the success that we've had as a program is, is a direct – you know, correlation to the investment yeah. that we were able to get from Montana Tech to turn us into a golf school, right? Yeah. Because um, it's really hard to run a program without people in your corner. Yeah. And then you go, you got, which is great falls. You went up and won a tournament. Yeah, I went up and won that. And I cried like a friggin' baby on the news. <laughs> like, I looked like a dork. Um, but it was really like, it was so crazy because it was like, that was the golf course that I grew up on, right? Yeah. And it was my first you know, as the official head coach and we come out and we win it and we play great. And that was a ragtag group of, you know, guys that they were, they were all in it for each other. And it was yeah. so cool. It was so like, it's one of those moments that you'll never forget because we just, we did what was needed. Yeah. And the ride home was like, man, we finally, we lit the V like, yeah. you know, it's the only time I've ever come down, come 35, yeah. coming down, coming down the hill. Like, See that MV flash yeah, for victory. Yeah. Wanted to really, you know, enjoy it. So and you guys have lit the V a lot we as have. a team and individual since. We have, yeah. We've had, um, you know, because you built on that. It wasn't just one and done. Yeah, turn that and five or five it. or six team wins. You know, I think six individual wins. Um, and I think here in the near future, our girls are gonna start getting some some wins yeah. on their side because we got a lot of talent. Um, but it's setting the expectation of like, hey, we need to be there, and then. You know, put yourself in the position after that first round or after that first day where you're in competition, you're right there, and yeah. it's a matter of did we play our best at the end of the tournament? And if we win, great. If we didn't, okay, what do we need to work on? Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, it's, it's been such a good program, and it's kind of followed the whole, like every program. Like yeah. Tech won the Bandy Award for the first time in 30 yeah, years. Yeah, that's awesome. And a lot of that is, you know, the Zach Coon, look what he did with yep. the – with the track and the cross country program, well, you, you've done with the golf, you know, that's really kind of where, you know, you, you know, tech, there's years tech could have won the frontier conference football and basketball, both basketballs and not won the band. Yeah. But you got to have a well-rounded program. And right now tech, tech's really the envy of the frontier conference and all, all around in, in athletics. And let's keep it that way. Which is, you know, doesn't like, seem possible. Didn't seem no, possible. 20 years no. ago, I would have laughed at you if you told me that was going to happen. Well, and, and to be completely honest, to win at Montana Tech is hard. Like it's yeah. it's a hard place to win at. Um, for us specifically, it's weather and location yeah. and all those things. But also, like my kids, when we go on trips, they're not in online classes. They're not you know, yeah. they're not taking 
We're not taking ballroom dancing. <laughs> yeah, creative writing. One, you know, like we're, I've got kids working on differential equations and thermo yeah. and and all these things in the car on the way yeah. to the practice round. Right, like they are, they work really really hard, and we've had good success, you know, in graduating students that are gonna be successful no matter what they do, because they bought into the idea that like, hey, I'm here at Tech because I want to be successful. Yeah, and golf is just an added benefit. You know, yeah. And if you can be a good golfer and go work for an engineering firm, you're gonna have a lot of Fridays in the summer where you're getting paid to go yeah. play in a scramble. You know, yeah. Be the be the top dog on your scramble team. Yeah, that, that's a good skill to have to be in the business world and yeah. the engineering world is to be a good golfer too. Yep. And being a good golfer also means that you're social, you're outgoing, you're yeah. you know like, um, and I, it all kind of leads to itself, yeah. right? Like it, it probably helps you getting hired too because guys want to have someone who can like. Oh say, yeah. They, they bosses want to win the scrambles yeah, absolutely right like <laughs> yeah. you know we uh we had a tournament up in the flathead last year and there were a couple guys on the team and they were just terrible golfers right and he's like man we gotta we gotta recruit better we gotta get better <laughs> better employees that know how to play golf you know yeah. um and that's where hopefully my kids can fit right in right like well you see you see i i, I always tease matt picarney he, he got on the fire department because he was like kevin McHale on uh you know, bartending and cheers so they could be Gary's Old Town Tavern. You know, yep. they played in the, <laughs> yep. they played those games against the, the cops. And oh, yeah, we got Picorni on our yep. team. And next thing you know, he's a fireman. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a really important piece of the business world that I don't think yeah. people understand. Is, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's important to to be a good golfer and also be a good person and being be good at what you do. But also, it doesn't hurt to be somebody who can hit it 300 yards and yeah, and straight. Yeah, and. <laughs> not worry about getting your drives in yeah. in the in the you know mariah's challenge scramble yeah yeah because there's there's a lot of that out there and now of course uh the other part you you had to fill the shoes as a golf coach in montana tech and also with the southwest montana junior golf tour yeah and that, and that's uh of course we lost that for two years yep because of covid 2021 yeah we brought it in came back last year came back last year with a lot of success um a lot of you know props to, to Bob Wengel. Um, and Josh Walsh actually got Bob and I connected and said, Hey, are you interested in doing this? And it was really, it was awesome. Like we got to see the benefits of the first year of the return of the, of the Southwest Montana junior golf tour with Anaconda's boys winning the state championship. You know, yeah. there were four, four of their top five players were in the, in the tour last year. So yeah. the, the progress that they made as, as individual players throughout the course of the summer was, yeah. was great to watch. I would have killed to have that as a kid. Yeah. So I remember one junior tournament that I played in at the Muni. Yeah. And that's it. And it was a one-day tournament. And that, that was all we had. We just didn't have much. And, and then we go, uh, of course, my first two years of high school, I played for Central. Everything yep. was a one-day tournament. And then I go into class double-A with Butte High. And I fell into what Butte High, it was like the curse of every golfer at Butte High forever. Was you could go out and you could shoot a 73, 74. And they come back with a 98. Yep. And that's what we did. And that's, we never put those two together. And a lot of that was because we didn't, we didn't grow up with tournaments. And I think you see, I think that's key to the success for a lot of these players. It is. And, you know, I, I pulled the numbers and it's something like we've had 20, you know, since 2014, we've had like 24 kids who have competed on the tour, go on and play yeah. for, for college programs. And it's because they're not afraid of competition right yeah. they're not afraid to like tee it up and yeah. have their score posted um yeah because i remember i'd play with my grandpa and i'd go out and shoot a great ground and i'd get on a, be so nervous yep. if you played in the tournament yeah it's about taking away those nerves and giving them a chance to compete yeah. and play on different courses you know like 
Everyone can, huge. Everyone can be great if you just play the same course every day, yeah. right? Like, you know where to hit it. There's no tricks. They might change a pin or two. Yeah. But now it's, hey, we're going to go play a different golf course, and this requires a different style, or you need to be a little bit more cautious, or, yeah. you know, it's it's been really fun. Um, yeah, we start start our, our tour here in, in about two weeks. And, Is it uh, June 12th? Is that June 12th, yeah. yeah. So... Lee LaBrush, uh, Lee LaBrush kickoff. Kick it'll be, it'll be awesome. Um, and then a, a big thanks to all the courses around the area that have been willing to host us. And yeah. it's fun to take a little drive on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday morning and go, you know, the older kids play 18, the younger kids play nine and it gets them yeah. great exposure. And speaking of those younger kids playing nine, I remember being on the golf course, taking pictures of Joseph McGreevy, yep. Jack Priggy, yep. and then the great last day of the class double a state tournament last fall who's the two major players right the two of the three major players yeah is, is, is joe and jack yeah it was it was it's awesome right like that's something that it, it was able to take and that's not a coincidence either i don't know no and you know as we as kids get older too sometimes they they almost um matriculate out of the tour and into some bigger events yeah um but the tour is always still there if they want to come back yeah. and compete and be successful you know like it's it's something where they were able to find their passion for playing golf and playing tournament golf as young kids yeah you know and it's a great way to have them grow up on the golf course yeah. you know? there's a lot of ordiggers that were in that tour a ton a yeah. ton yeah it's something that I all wish, the hoagland kids that were in that yeah i wish i would have been you know down here for that yeah. you know like that's a it's a really big deal is to yeah. get kids out playing competitive golf. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about that is uh, Bob Wangle started that tour yep. because he had a son, Ty, yep. wanted to have some competition, and he yep. did a great job. But it wasn't just for Ty. Yep. You know, Bob was, you know, he said it wasn't, and he was genuine because yep. he doesn't he hasn't lived here in, in years, and he still, he comes in, he'll probably be in for the, he'll, he'll for be, the he'll, brush kickoff. That, and I think he's probably going to go fishing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, and last year, Isaiah was able to help me kind of take the footing yeah. of the he, tour. And he was a, a graduate of the tour, too. He's a graduate of the tour, right? And, you know, hey, what do we do here? Like, you know, what's the, what's the flow? Because I hadn't really been around it. Yeah. And that was awesome, right? Like, you've got a guy who is a Southwest Montana Junior Golf Tour, you know, champion. Yeah. And he showed up. The I'll never forget it. I I, I had the picture of him with Putton, but he you know, left hand. It looked like a left-handed Tiger Woods yep. out there. Black pants, red shirt. Yeah, and it was because it was his last tournament ever. Yep. And he was he was dressing like Tiger. Yeah, he's an individual. He's again one of my favorites. Like he was a champion of character for our program, yeah. and, and one of the smartest. And he's still just such a good yeah. friend. Like yeah. he's somebody I'll, you know, it's we it's weird as a golf coach too because I just like you build these relationships. And yeah. Isaiah, I'm lucky that he's in town. You know, but. It's like, I love calling Isaiah and be like, hey, what yeah. are you doing for dinner? Like, Sarah Piper and I are going to go to wherever you want to join us, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's so much fun. And he's a Braves fan, so, you know, yeah, we, we watch hold that against him. We watch a ton of Braves games <laughs> together. And, yeah. Well, and you really, you're not a whole lot older than him. No. What, what, did he, what year did he graduate? About 16, 17? Uh, Would have been last year. So I mean, I mean, from high school. High school? Second. So, seven, probably 17? Yeah. So no, f- maybe 18? So five, six years younger than you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's kind of the fun part. And, you know, it, it's weird, too, with the with the boys, right? Like, I see them a little bit more, more like a kind of younger brothers, yeah. you know, love to flip them shit. And, yeah. Um, but then with the girls, too, on the girls' side, like, I'd coached girls, but never, you know, as the head coach. Um, 
you don't coach them just like the boys. There's some that you do, yeah. but others it's like, hey, I got you. Like, but then I see them after having Piper. It's like, you see them as daughters, right? Like, yeah. it, it's weird because I'm not that much older than them, but yeah. I know what they're going through yeah. and, you know, pressure and stress and all those things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we've we've had quite a few times where it's like, oh, somebody plays a bad round and, you know, there's tears on my shoulder. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Hey, guess what? You know what? Like, if there's one thing that I want them to take away from this program is that like, I care about them, whether they shoot 65 or 105. Right. Yeah. And Hey, guess what? You played a bad round. Like, yeah. it doesn't make you a bad person. I still like you. The sun's <laughs> going to come up tomorrow. Your dog's still going to like you. You yeah. know, like I don't, I'm not going to withhold food from you. Like you don't have to go to your room. <laughs> you still like, get to eat when we go. You still get right? to eat. You still get to hang out and be part of us. You know, yeah. like you're, you're, we had a bad day, so we're all yeah. going to pick you up, you know? Yeah. And that's probably part of the recruiting, this whole, the, the junior tour, it's probably part of the recruiting process for you too, because it, it makes, gives you an in really with a lot of these kids. Yeah. And you get to see them, you know, and you yeah. get to build relationships with them. And, you know, there's, there's kids They're coming. not just a name. Yeah. Yeah. There's kids coming up where you get to see them when they, you know, they play a great round and they're super excited and when they don't play well and how do they react and do those things. And, yeah. you know, my most important piece of recruiting is are they good people you know and that seeing them play eight tournaments over the course of summer gives you a really good yeah really good idea of that and then you're more than most coaches probably more than any coach in the frontier is you're at the tournaments in high school in the fall yep yeah and in the spring i just got back from i I think every time i went i took a picture of cody hoagland the last two years i was standing next to you yeah we should have just uh carpooled (laughs) with hal and missy um and we were joking that you had a room in their basement that you were living with the the hoaglands they got room um (laughs) and they got golden retrievers that'd be cool um no we uh it's just about being out there and letting those you know letting those athletes know that you care, right? Yeah. Like, so you, I try every year to hit the, the double A, the A, the B and the C, you know, yeah. and I hit the B and the C in the same day. Um, this last, it was a two weeks ago, um, yeah. you know, drive up, drove up Great Falls, brought Piper to hang out with, with my mom and dad and, um, jumped in the car and went to Shelby for a couple hours. And then mm-hmm. they had a rain delay and I was like, okay, that's my time to exit. Yeah. Drove South through a torrential downpour, hit Great Falls and, was able to go see a little bit of the class C and, but just to be present. Right. So that even if one of the kids doesn't see me on the course, they know that I was there, Yeah, you know, like I'm in tune to it. I, it, you need to show that you, you care. Right. Yeah. That's, that's it. And that extends beyond golf. Right. Like if they're participating in basketball or if they're, you know, playing something else in the, in the spring, try and go, go see them. Yeah. And does, uh, basketball officiating does that work against your recruiting or does that boy i don't know there's a lot of people that uh that might think so um yeah i mean i've been officiating now for i think 10 years this will be my 11th i think and your brother was along in it for a while yeah and he got he's just getting back just getting back was that something your was in your family before yeah my dad officiated for a number of years and then coached basketball and then it was just a great way to stay involved and and in it and the camaraderie that you have with people is is fantastic i just i love it it's a good way to give back and you know i you find a reason you know you might not be excited to go out to peberg for two games at leaving at 3 30 on a tuesday in a snowstorm then you get back at 11 or 12 30 and uh yeah. but it's it's something i really enjoy doing you know it's something like 
I love to do. I'm thankful for the people that were officials when I was a player, you know, because we're getting to a point now where we're losing officials. Yeah. Um, the guys that, that were the vets when I came into the Butte pool are starting to retire, right? Starting yeah. to drop out and I can't blame them. They've got losing more every year. Yeah. They got 30, 40 well, we're years. Losing, we're losing, uh, losing Keith this year. Aren't Keith. We? Yeah. You're losing Keith. Keith Oglin's uh, stepping down. I, I still think we could talk him out of it, but yeah, I don't know. His wife, his wife seems pretty dead set on his retirement. I just remember when they, you know, when my first couple of years, I would go out and like ref the freshman and the JV game, you know, in Twin yeah. Bridges, and then you'd walk in the locker room and it would be, you know, Ed Hurd, um, Rolo, and yeah. I'm trying to think of like John Magnus, yeah. right? And they'd all be getting ready for the game, and it's like they got knee braces and they've got, <laughs> you know, there's there's more biofreeze, you know, floating around in that locker yeah. room, right? Like. And uh, I was just like, man, these guys are really, they have to get ready for this. You know, yeah. like they, it's not just a roll it out and okay, we're going to do this, like talking over things, situations, scenarios. And they did it because they love it. Yeah. And that's why I do it. You know, I love, yeah. love ref and basketball. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Do you like footballs too? Or I do. I really like football. Football's yeah. fun. Football is, uh, you know, football is one of those where it's like, there's four or five guys out there, depending on what level you're you're officiating. Yeah, that was getting in with a good crew too, right? Like I worked my first game ever with Matt Steppen, Jack Hogart, um, Tom Quinn, Disco Shea. Yeah, right. Good like, crew. It was awesome. I mean, yeah. I sat on the cooler. You know, like <laughs> um, it was just it was cool. Yeah. It was they were just great people, and it's it's a great way to get out and go see people, and you know, um, it's it's amazing. I I love officiating. It's fun you know and yeah. when it's not fun maybe i'll give it up but i don't see that happening for another 40 years well so. and you're, you're kind of in one of the top dogs in in butte in the at least in the basketball pool yeah well it, you and uh and john kinsel are the ones running our meetings anyway i don't know if you have official titles yeah i don't know if we got a title just like have the ability and, and do it so yeah. you know when i because when we, rest of us don't know how to run the video as fast <laughs> as you can yeah. when it comes to like <laughs> basketball season it's you know when i go out to a game it's trying to explain to people like what goes into it it's not just that your stuff is ready to go that you leave at the appropriate time but like the night before I'm, i'll be watching clips of how these two teams play i'll be checking out box scores i'll be um, you know looking at tendencies um and then make sure that like i put the best product out there from the official standpoint yeah so that things are consistent they're well communicated and that the game flows the correct way you yeah. know like it's it's one of those things I really enjoy doing. The breaking down hours and hours of film at midnight or two o'clock in the morning yeah. is not as much fun as, as it sounds. Yeah. But it's nice to see it because when you have something happen and you go, okay, did we do this right? You want to be able to show it because you can talk the situation out forever. Yeah. But until you see it, are you in the right place to make the right call? You know? Yeah. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandes, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandes can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, 
eat where the locals eat. Shop where the champions shop at Dig City Supply. The Fan Gear headquarters for all things Montana Tech is right across the street from the Uptown Parking Garage on Park Street. Not only can you get your Charlie or Digger fix, but we carry the area's largest selection of Montana and Montana State apparel, as well as Butte High, Butte Central, and all the elementary school gear. Dig City is also home to the exclusive licensed Butte Icon shirt collection. We partnered with cherished Butte institutions to offer one-of-a-kind graphic tees from places like the Silverbow Drive-In, Beef Trail Ski Area, Bonanza Freeze, and our brand new Evil Knievel designs. Head uptown to Park Street and check out Dig City Supply and find us online at digcitysupply.com. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects and ventilation and exhaust systems, as well as commercial heating and cooling. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer for train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. Remember Lockmer Sheet Metal for all your home heating and cooling needs. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better, faster. We provide one-on-one -on -one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre healthcare. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now. And you, you kind of, your tweet got me to go to the meeting, the first meeting is that, uh, Kenzel called me and I said, nah, I, nah, I'm too broke. My hips are hurting too bad. I can't run up and down, which turns out I can. Yeah. You know, in short, I can't yeah. run, I can't run a mile, but I could run up and down the court, yeah. you know, and stop, you know, yeah. you're not just running. I couldn't do, you're not I, I'm run. not doing 10 line drills, but yeah. I can run up and down. So Mike Parent, I was at a tech men's game and Mike Parent's like, oh, you can do it. Look yep. at me, I'm fat and old, and I get up and down the court, which turns out he hasn't gone up and down the court in like three or four years. No, still pays but, his dues. But he but... still pays it, just so he can get the NFHS. <laughs> yep you know yeah. membership that comes it's cheaper it's a cheaper way to buy the nfhs network yeah just by being a fish paying your official dues and uh and then i saw your tweet that day of the of the the meeting monday you said come out and join it and i was yeah. like oh i guess they're really they're really hurting so i go out and i'll do some freshman games just to help help with the poll well and, and people don't realize is like those are the games that are going to be affected you know yeah. with with the shortage of officials that we have and we've got some younger people but the problem with with students here at tech is we get them for three or four years and then they yeah. land a big job and they move away yeah. um 
you know, what, what got me into officiating was, you know, being invited and I knew I wanted to officiate. It's yeah. kind of in my blood and my family. And I thought I never wanted to officiate. <laughs> and then you do it and yeah. it's so much fun. Like yeah, I just, I love it. Right. And it's this partnership and it's this, this brotherhood and, and this community because there's nothing more fun than going out and working a couple of games in Ennis or in Deer yeah. Lodge. You know. Or uh, Harrison is where everyone liked to go. I love it. Harrison was awesome. I right? never got to go anywhere close to that. I was way too low in the totem pole to, to get there where they gave away the socks. And the... Give away the socks. They also did like a, they did a pie, a pie auction in between the second and the, or the third and the fourth quarters, yeah. you know, and skinny sitting right there. And the lady's like, oh, am I in your way? I said, no, but you can, that guy will be your starting bid. Yeah. You know, there's nothing better than yeah. getting skinny on the hook for a hundred dollar huckleberry pie. Yeah, I'm sure he's somehow skated away from he that. He did. He, yeah. was, he was, oh, I know nobody else, you know? Now yeah. he's selling the pie for it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I love it. It's um, actually going to Rob Tesh's camp this weekend up in up Yeah, in I was going to, uh, I signed up for it, and then I had to tell him to give my spot to the someone on the waiting list because I never factored in the Legion baseball schedule myself. Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. And, uh, and the volunteer work, you know, with quotes yep. that you got to do for it. So, uh I'm, I'm not exactly even sure where I'm going to be this weekend, but I know I yep. couldn't do the camp. I really wanted to do that camp. It's it's good. It's, you know, I'll try and take some of those things that, that are taught at the camp and apply them to what yeah. we do as a pool. And, you know, the, the time commitment as a, as a basketball official is a lot, right? But it's also super rewarding. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I'd rather do on a, you know, on a Saturday at 1 o'clock is, you know, hey, I'll go ref a freshman girls game, you yeah. know, and, you know, yeah. Take somebody new and try and show them the ropes because people yeah. did that for me, and yeah. you know I worked my first handful of games with first game ever was with uh, Dave Garcia, the you great know, Dave Garcia, the great yeah. Dave Garcia. <laughs> um, then you know it was different people and it was like I wanted to work my way up and work with different people because you see different things and yeah. you know got to work with Mark and Marty Riley and and the crew. And, I never got to work with Marty, but I, I did a couple of games with Mark. So yeah. it was pretty fun. Just awesome, right? And yeah. Everyone has their shirt tucked in when Mark's working with you. As as they should, yeah. right? Um, yeah. It's no officiating is is tremendous. It's something I love to do. I did football because they were, were so down in numbers, and yeah. I said, well, I, I guess I can I can help out, and it turned out to be really really good and really fun, and yeah, you know. But basketball is the one where we have so many games on so many nights that you need to find uh yeah, just finding the bodies is tough it's really tough right and and that's the hard part that people don't realize is you know just this year there was there was a game there was a twin bridges freshman girls game at like two o'clock yeah in twin we couldn't find somebody to go so i said well I'll, I'll, i guess i can go so i go well i've also got I've got that game, and then I've got the two central games at the MAC starting at six, right? Yeah. So I was like, I really, I took off and, you know, did the freshman game, worked with a younger partner, was able to show them yeah. some things, and then had to come back and really reset and get ready for two varsity games that were, you know, important. So yeah, and I think the, well, I remember going to a football game at UM this last, you know, my daughter's at yep. UM, and she wanted to do do this. But it's given plasma, which yep. know, Kathleen McLaughlin yep. wrote a book about given plasma and, you know, uh, the, the, the crazy scenario. I don't know how yeah. many times people give plasma. But she, the people are doing that because of that job. Yep. You know, because they're get, trying to get so many, you know, they can get like $900 a month. Right. 
Officiating pays a lot more than that. It does, you know, and, you know, and college kids. As a college kid, it's the best job. I, in the world. College kids should do it. I can't believe more kids don't do it because you look at look at what what I do as a as a JV freshman guy. Right. I go out into a game and I cover. I go to Anaconda. I got the JV and the freshman. Yep. Forty eight bucks a game. It's ninety six bucks plus if I if I rode over, I get another like eight bucks. Yep. Per diem, and if you drive, you get like another thirty bucks. Yep. You know, so uh, that's a lot better. And you're looking at three hours. Yeah, and and not not hard work you have to be locked no. in but also once you have got the the training to do things the right way yeah it becomes old hat right like the i know they're starting up the summer ball stuff um yeah i with, got a couple games with brody coming up yeah, yeah. With, with arnie and 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 quinn and you know i i'm fine to do those on a monday night like yeah oh, show me okay what's what are the what are the special rules we're using for the summer ball stuff and okay let's yeah. let's make it rock and roll and you know Feel like I could. Well, and you're you're not in the game, but you're part of the game. Yeah, you know, you're you've got this best seat in the house. Yeah, and right? the coach can't take you out. Like when when I screw up playing basketball, Donnie Peoples is a freshman. He yeah, you right over in the bench. He can't do that now. And it's <laughs> it's you know you build good trust and communicate yeah. with the coaches and and with the players, right? And, yeah, you know they they appreciate it. It's it's one of those things where you know I know probably in my life in my lifetime i'm never going to work a perfect game but i'm going to yeah. try and be as close to perfect as i can yeah. right and that comes from breaking down film that comes from looking at things that's it comes from dissecting the rule book to make sure yeah. that okay am i interpreting this the right way right yeah. and then you know if you kick a call a guy like brody like sean you missed that one i'm like yeah you're right i did i said but yeah. i had a body right in front of me and i couldn't see it yeah okay well <laughs> you, you can't argue with that right yeah. like you know yeah that and that's i think that's what they want anyway you know yeah it's just you can't they don't want to you know argue with no it was the right call if you if it's if you knew you think it might be wrong or you say you know i might i'll look at it i might have got it right wrong. say I'll, I'll look at it or, or you know this is what i saw yeah right? like this is what i but saw just say no you're wrong you know i'm right you know it never goes over very well it comes about trying to be diplomatic right yeah that's something that you learn as you as you become more seasoned as an official right yeah you know it's not my way or the highway it's taking these two teams and then what people don't, I think, understand is the game management um, portion of officiating, which yeah. is understanding that hey, if I set the pre you know the precedent where this is a foul at this time, a minute and a half into the first quarter, yeah. then whatever that is is going to be called the rest of the game. Yeah, you know, um, and understanding that like hey, coach, your star player's got two fouls and we're a minute into the second quarter you might want to get them out right yeah. like you got to tell them to stop reaching right yeah. like hey that box out was a little too aggressive yeah you know you do those things and they'll they'll call a timeout or they'll tell that kid like yeah, hey because they adjust to you they'll adjust to you yeah and make it so that it's as easy and as simple for them to adjust to you yeah. right because you don't know what's being called from another crew or crew or another pool or and game styles change yeah. tremendously based yeah. on who you're playing right a run and yeah. gun game is way different <laughs> than a stall ball game um and I'm really interested to see how the new foul uh, stuff with the NFHS is going to change things. I think it'll yeah. be I think it'll be for the better. Yeah, and you know what I noticed last year is uh, the emphasis was again on hand checks. Yep. You know, and uh, every game in December you're calling like ten hand checks. Yep. Early January calling a bunch of hand checks, but by late January didn't call any hand checks. Yep. Because they they adjust they, they, they adjust to it, and and it's it's funny because they probably don't coach that. Yep. In when you know going up to this. You know, the, the couple of weeks they got leading into the season, they're not coaching hand checks, and then the kids are just learning that from us. It's quick, right? And that's that's the hard part is like, who officiates their practice, right? A yeah. coach or the players themselves, yeah. right? Um, 
I was really lucky when I, you know, helped out with, with men's basketball with, with Hyatt and Selvig and those guys that I'd come in and I'd officiate their scrimmages or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's just me running free throw line to free throw line, but you're able to be like, Hey, this is the, this is the NCAA point of emphasis this year, right? Like yeah. that's going to get, that's going to get called. Right. And then give them the opportunity to adapt to it. And so yeah. January, you know, December and January, those are the times when they're trying to figure it out. Now they've got some practices under the belt yeah. after Christmas. Um, and then it all kind of cleans itself up. Yeah. They understand what, what is being called yeah. later in the year. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea for coaches to do that, have officials oh, yeah. come in for a scrimmage. Yeah, and and not be the first scrimmage out of the gate, right? Like yeah. see what they're actually working on, you know, a couple weeks in and then yeah. and then say, Okay, now we're gonna yeah. now we're really gonna let it let it fly. Yeah, so uh, so what's uh, your plans for the future now? You grew up in Great Falls, but you seem like a pretty good fit here in the Old Mining City. Yeah, I mean, been here going on my, this is 10 years, so going on a, 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 my 11th year. Yeah. Um, it's home. It's yeah. home. It's it's home because I get to play golf with the, the farm animals and have a lot of fun with my crew at the BCC. Um, you know, I have my, we have our people, we have our extended family, and, and Butte's really taking care of myself, my wife, and Piper, and um, kid on the way in, in October. So. Another one, huh? Yeah, no, All yeah. Right. Good for you. Thanks. Yeah. Things will... They're, they're dang near Irish twins. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be crazy. Like, come yeah. come October, it's going to get real interesting, but Butte's home, and, uh, you know, I can't say enough about this community, and once you know one person, you know them all, and you know, you just try and be a good ambassador for Butte, right? Yeah. And I, I feel more connected to Butte than I than I ever really did to Great Falls, you know? And yeah. it's because I came here as a, you know, 18, 19-year-old kid with, didn't know anybody, didn't, you know. I was the only kid from Great Falls that went to Tech that year. Um, and now yeah. I look at it and I say, oh, man, like, this is this is home. Yeah. I feel like you know everybody, so, yeah. And you upgraded uh, with your job, uh you went from a small office in the hyper. Did you have your own office? Uh, yeah, it was kind of the throughway to Matt's office. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, yeah, it you was, were like the, it's, it's like the secretary's uh, yeah. office for for Steppen's big office. <laughs> yeah, it, it had no windows. Uh, the door didn't really all all the way shut, um, and it was like a weird yellowish, peachish color walls. Yeah. Um, so now I'm I'm now here. You get a corner office with four windows, one of them pretty big. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, made the move to the the University Relations Center. Um, I was, you know, kind of a, a catch-all, um, very busy in athletics, trying to be as helpful as I could. Yeah, um, yeah you were taking my temperature for games during the yeah, COVID year when yeah. I was still showing up with my all camera those, and notebook. All those wild things that we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, had the opportunity in, in November um, to move into this Director of Alumni Engagement role. So. Yeah. My job now is to connect with our alumni, um, keep them apprised of everything that's going on at Montana Tech, keep them involved, and uh, you know, try and show them the benefits um, of a tech education and how we can recruit more students to become yeah. ore diggers. And hopefully get a few more to give those $31 million yeah. gifts. Yeah, I've been, I've been making the joke that, uh, that, and this is terrible, but Coach Green heard it once <laughs> and he's been repeating it non nonstop, but... Uh, but yeah, Ryan, Lance, and I have donated just over $31 million to Montana yeah. Tech. Uh, we've combined. Um, yeah, it's like me and Babe Ruth. It's yeah, like right. Combined to hit you know, 714 home runs. Yeah. I think that's uh, that go. Bob Euchre made some kind of joke like that with him and Harmon Killebrew. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it's a great place to work. I've got a, a tremendous team here and 
we just get to do a lot of really fun and enjoyable things to get our alumni excited about about yeah. this place and keep them you know keep them locked into what everything great that's going on at Montana Tech because yeah. there's a lot there's a lot right yeah. and in the last you know since my time here right we've built how many new buildings yeah. we've established new programs we've you know got a doctoral program we've done all these things and we are really the the best institution in the state of Montana when it comes to getting a degree that's a hands-on, you know, applied learning degree yeah. so that you're not just the guy sitting in a cubicle trying to pretend he knows how to do reports. You know how to do work. You're going to get out in the field. If you're working for, if you're working for wet or pioneer, or you're working for, you know, Conoco Phillips, you're going to be the person in the office that, that gets things done. Yeah. And they need people like that all over the world. Yeah, and they need golfers and they need golfers. <laughs> so if you can, uh, you know, you can swing the sticks, you can be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And how's the recruiting season now for you? Are you... Good, good. So now I'm kind of working on um, next, next, year next year. You know, the I feel bad for the, the B and C kids because you almost have to recruit them almost a year a year ahead of time. Yeah. Because if you tried to just do it on the May, you know, 15th, 16th of their state tournament, yeah. that's that's way too late. Yeah, that was a big um, advantage to moving to the fall for the Yeah. Ones. So I've got three girls coming in this year that'll be really solid. Um that I think will help us. We're incredibly deep on the on the ladies' side. We've got a lot of talent. And yeah. We're going to continue to do big things as we mature and yeah. start to figure out how to play golf the right way. Yeah. Um, and just like kind of sent them out the practice plans for the summer and things like that. Things to work on where we're focusing on short game and and scoring and not letting shots slip because we're not comfortable over a you know seventy yard shot with a with a sixty degree. Yeah. You know those things that can either take it from being a great drive to being a, a birdie, yeah. you know, instead of walking off with a par and being disgusted. Yeah. Um, and then the boys, I think, with the recruits we've got coming in, we've got Tyler Avery coming in, um, who's a runner-up to Jack in the yeah. in the AA state championship. He's a great player. In the playoff. He's going to be really good. He's going to be a mechanical engineer. Um, Joe McGreevy, um, Butte kid through yeah. and through, even though he lives in Helena. He's grew up in Helena, but yeah. Um, his dad, I remember his dad, Brian, at Butte Central. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, so then we've got uh, Riley Smith out of Glasgow, um, Glasgow Scotty coming yeah. coming down, um, and then Max uh, Chinfloney, it's the hardest name in the world. He yeah. played every sport for for Hamilton, and then Carson Ritchie out of Hamilton as well. So a good mix of yeah. you know some double A guys, a B guy, a couple A guys, um, and I think they're, what they're really sold on is they're going to come in and they're going to compete with the guys on the team, and they're going to make each other better. Yeah, and we're gonna be we're gonna be really solid. We've got a, a yeah. good group. Um, I think we only lose maybe one or two um, kids this year, and COVID has really kind of messed that up. COVID, you know, I never know who's a senior or not. Yeah, COVID. and you don't know, right? Like, yeah. it just depends more so on us on academics, right? Like, yeah. are you ready to be done, or can you come back for another? Yeah, you know. But I also I don't want somebody coming back to take three credits to when they no. could be starting off making a hundred thousand dollars a year somewhere yeah, which is what they do right like know. hey man you got plenty of time to play golf yeah. you know you're, you're gonna be okay yeah do you need we to... saw that in football remember those they had all their nine seniors mm -hmm. graduated and went on got jobs had great jobs well then it hurt the tech football for a year because western had you know this COVID, yeah. you know the covid guys who played you know six years and you know, Carol did every, and, everybody did with tech, and they were were student teaching, right? Which yeah. counted as as credits. And it's like, oh, well, they are kind of actually entering the workforce. Whereas when we enter the workforce, we're in we're in Houston, we're in yeah. Denver, we're in Seattle, you know. And 
that's the the nice thing is we've got you know the four golfers that we graduated this year they're either going to pursue one's pursuing a pursuing a doctorate um in in biochemical engineering or something really? something ridiculous um emlyn kelly's going to be a nurse uh jace rhodes is actually working at wet right now and is um, emlyn kelly graduated yep already yep. she was yep. uh she was nursing she was uh, I, I knew her when she was a helena girl yep. playing in the southwest montana junior golf tour yep and she was a beat high girl yep and then in order now she's graduating now she's graduated like she would just be a sophomore now she's a, yeah. i know um and then matt hobbs actually took a job at like the naval research center in in just outside seattle wow. so they're going on to do incredibly impressive yeah. things and That's what's crazy. fun That's is awesome. we've, we've built that that relationship and that team chemistry where they're not strangers once they're done, yeah. right? Like they come back, they're gonna we're gonna play in state AMs and we're gonna play in, you know, the Hitchcock and yeah. different tournaments and they come back and hang out with the people who are still on the team, right? And they'll show the freshmen like, hey, this is how we do it. And yeah. It's it's been really fun. You build the right culture and then you kinda just reap the rewards of having the right kids in the yeah. right spots. It doesn't seem like you're working a whole lot. It seems like you're just having a pretty good, yeah, pretty good job yeah. for you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, some days I'll beg to differ, but, yeah. um, it's, it's a lot, you know, being the, the, the only coach yeah. really. Um, but it only, you know, it's, it's only a lot of work when you want to make it a lot of work. Yeah. Um, got great kids in the program so that life is a lot easier. You know, if I had, if I had, you know, 16 kids when we travel to a tournament that were difficult to travel with, life would be not as much yeah. fun, but I've got great kids. They adapt. They, you know, they're okay with, like we went to, we went to Shelby for Northern's tournament up at Marias, get everything ordered for pizza, call the pizza place. They closed at four o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> so I had to go to, had to drive to Cutbank to go get these pizzas. Right. Yeah. And like on the far edge of Cutbank and I call the lady, I was like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna need this, 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 and this. Oh, but that's a big order. Probably be ready in like, 35, 40 minutes. I said, oh, well, that's convenient. That's how far I yeah. got to drive, you know, and they were all, kids were all cool with it, you know, yeah. like, hey, I actually had to drive to Cut Bank to go get you guys pizza. Uh, <laughs> anybody need anything? And they're all like, uh, no, I think we're good. Like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, we've got, got good kids and that's, yeah. you know, what makes, makes life easy. Yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate your time. I've yeah. taken quite a bit of it here. You probably could recruit a two guys. <laughs> you're in the all time right. that I was uh, bugging you. You're all right. This but. is awesome. I, I I'm really enjoying the 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 podcast and I listen to every one of them yeah. and you know there's times I'm on the range and <laughs> it's in the earbud or get in the car and it's in the car and you know, it's, yeah, it's awesome. talk about shot slipping away there. Huh? Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it's a it, distraction. And hopefully this year we get to do a game together. We almost did last year. Yeah, we almost did. I can't remember who took my Yeah, somebody uh somebody bumped me, but yeah, I think it was Riley. I think I ended up doing it with Mark. Yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's we'll we'll work some games. I'm I'm excited for this next year. It's crazy. It's going to be here before we know it. But you know, yeah. it's 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 you just life is pretty simple when you just follow the sports yeah. schedules. That's kind of what I do, right? Yeah. Get ready for it's golf season right now. Yeah, June twelfth. It's golf, um, and then we jump into football, and then we jump into basketball, yeah. and then it's golf again. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, I appreciate it again. Thanks. Thank you. Right. Proud to be from you, America, USA.